Welcome to the Data for Betterment podcast, Reimagine Hybrid Work, with your host, Maribel Lopez. Maribel is the founder of the Data for Betterment Foundation and Lopez Research. The Data for Betterment Foundation is a nonprofit organization that helps individuals understand and prepare for how their career will change as companies embrace new technologies. Lopez Research, a market research and strategy consulting firm, helps companies understand how technologies such as connected devices, collaboration, cloud computing, and AI change the customer and employee experience. The firm's clients range from startups to global corporations, including 10 of the Fortune 30. She's also the author of the highly regarded business book on how those technologies are transforming the company, employee, and customer experience, Right Time Experiences, published by Wiley. She's also a frequent public speaker at corporate events and contributor at Forbes.com. Maribel is currently researching and writing her next book on how to build successful strategies for workplace transformation. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Reimagine Hybrid Work podcast. I'm Maribel Lopez, and I'm joined here today by John Curtis. He's the VP and GM of Mobile B2B at Samsung. Welcome to the show, John. I've been so excited for this. You know, Samsung's been doing so many amazing things, and I can't wait to talk about them and how they actually apply to what's going on with work. Now, Samsung needs no explanation. I think everybody on this call or listening to this would understand who Samsung is, but could you tell the audience more about your role and what you're responsible for at Samsung? Thanks, Maribel, and thank you so much for having me on today. It's a real pleasure to get to speak to you. So my role, yes, I'm the Vice President and General Manager of our mobile B2B organization for the US. So I'm responsible for all of our mobile products and selling them to enterprises and partnering with our carrier, partnering with our IT channel, also direct relationships with customers. And then we have product go-to-market and digital sales and then pre and post sales as well. It's a big job and there's a lot going on in the space. So where we sit, we've been talking to a lot of enterprise IT leaders, business leaders. Uh, Lopez Research has been advising them on you know, what we're calling the return to office, the move to hybrid work, distributed work. There's a lot of different ways people are speaking about it. But while many companies have timelines that are uncertain, they're certainly planning for a return to office and a shift to hybrid work. And I know that you recently published an article where you said businesses are moving into what you called the and era. So can you explain what you mean by that and era? Thank you for mentioning our our wording around the and era. So it's quite interesting, actually. It goes back many years ago when I was doing leadership training courses and we were taught about how to manage conflict in the workplace. And it, it's always stayed burning in my mind. And actually, I take it for my personal life, though, as well as in the work environment. But we were taught that when you're resolving conflict, it's not either or, it should always be both and. And you should always explore the both and scenario. So when we've been talking and we've been trying to pull our strategies together to help our customers about returning to work and really thinking for our own organization as well, how we're getting back into the the new normal that everyone talks about, we came up with the idea to encapsulate this by describing it as the and era. That you can't only be at home, you can't only be in the office, you can't only tailor for the people in the office, can't only tailor for the people at home, but you must do both. 
And that's also now coming into, you know, there's a three part to this now as people start getting back out there, meeting customers and meeting partners as well. So you have to tailor for them in the office, you have to tailor for them at home, and you have to tailor for them traveling at the same time. Yes, I love that. I've been saying that the new nomadic, so you have the people that are full-time in the office, you have the people full-time remote. But nomadic used to be that I'm on a plane, I'm in a coffee shop. Now it actually means all of that, but, or and in this case, you could also be going back and forth between your home and the office because you want to spend 20% of the time, that collaborative time, maybe in the office. So there's a lot of interesting nuances to what you said there and how we get to this and era. But how do you think the and era changes what businesses should be doing? I think it's really important now for businesses to really think about their IT stack and their IT technology, and they need to be driving it forward proactively. I think so much of what businesses have done over the last couple of years since the pandemic has been focused on reacting to what's been put in front of them. And it's now about really thinking about how they can bring it forward. You know, even just talking from my own personal experience, video is so rich now, and we're all so used to communicating via video. We're used to doing a customer meeting, hanging up on that customer meeting, and immediately being on an internal call, maybe reviewing pipeline, reviewing numbers, et cetera, hanging up from that onto a customer meeting. And we all want to have that experience as we get back out on the road traveling or as we go into the office, et cetera. So it's really important for businesses to think about how they can proactively do it. I'd also say, if I can, Maribel, that I don't think it stops with businesses, that we've been having a lot of discussion recently about the education vertical and students, et cetera. And it's super important for the school districts, who I know are massively challenged in how to do the right thing for students at the moment, but to think about their and as well and how they facilitate the and. And they're not just reactive to other forces that are forcing themselves on them, but they think about proactively how they can enable that collaboration for the students. Absolutely. And I I love the fact that she brought education into it because I actually think that mobile technology has been the hero technology in the educational space. We've actually all been very grateful to have those devices, have that connectivity that was related to it. And I really think it helped us make it through a very difficult time. Do you think that the end era differs if we're talking about large companies versus small companies? I think the complication about deploying and to thinking about the scale of what they need to do is different. But I don't think the challenges are any different. I think what people want and what people are looking for are absolutely the same. I think basically, if you think about it, every mobility user or every worker, et cetera, wants to have productivity and wants to increase their productivity, et cetera. People want choice, whether it's a small company or a large company or even consumers. People want to have choice in technology and the choice in what they uh, use. Security, super important. I don't think security is any less important for a small organization than it is for a large organization. The threats are equally as applicable. I, you know, I'd be interested to know your thoughts, but I do. I feel like security's become top on the agenda again. It's always been up there, but it's really top with everyone at the moment. And then trust. Everybody wants to be able to trust and trust their work tools that they're using to enable and to work for them, especially in the IT environment. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that because we just redid one of our 
enterprise benchmark surveys. And we asked this question about the top priorities and two things surfaced to the top. The first one was really about being able to maintain business agility and flexibility, which makes perfect sense given the times. But the second one was actually security and how to secure the business, because that's always been in our top three and it moves back and forth, but it's definitely squarely in at least the number two position. And for some organizations, the number one position. And for many of the companies we speak with, it's been a challenge for them to understand as they move to this hybrid environment, the complexity of security has just become really onerous on organizations. So it's been a challenging year for business of all sizes. And you know, we've seen companies do great things due to the power of the technology that they have access to today. We've seen them rely heavily on smartphones, cloud resident services. And you know, when I think about what you're doing, you're at the front lines of this. How has the use of mobile technology changed in the past year? And are there any industries where this really stood out for you? We recently did a study about that, and incredibly, 67% of companies are considering permanent work-from-home policies, and that's pre the escalation of the Delta variant as well. So you know, I can only believe that that 67% has potentially gone up. Also, quite incredibly, and I think, Maribel, you said it at the beginning of this podcast about how so many companies rushed to embrace mobility and to deliver it, but 86% of remote workers said that they were happy with their current arrangement. So they're, they're happy with the technology that they have at the moment and what is servicing there. But then obviously businesses are looking at new ways to enable collaboration between home and office. But when you ask me specifically about who's done this, we're really pleased to partner with Walmart, who have really looked to digitize their associate experience and to enable an, an enormous deployment of up to 740,000 devices across wow. all of their associate workforce. But that's to give the experience both at home and in the store so that they are able to use their devices for personal use at home, but then they're able to use their devices for work when they're in the store, etc. And this is the actually the, the largest deployment that we've done in Samsung, but we're really proud to partner with them on that and to give that digital experience to all of their associates. I think that was a tremendous deal and it was a tremendous vote of confidence for both the mobile technology, but also it really met a challenge that we see a lot of organizations dealing with. And that's that if you are working with best in class technology, you're building your applications and services to run on those now. And you wanna make sure you have a common platform that you can build for. And I think that's one of the things a lot of organizations are struggling with as we did remote work. They found out that they had many generations of technology, not just in mobile. We were talking about people that had five or six-year-old PCs. And it gets back to some of the requirements we were just speaking about, about understanding that the hardware your employees are using has the right security profile has the right ability to process the types of applications you want to create. None of that is trivial in this environment. So it made perfect sense to me that Walmart would want to do something like this, but it was a tremendous investment, both in terms of being considered a bit of a perk, but also being great for creating a foundation for them to drive their future business success. So congratulations on that. I know that when when we're speaking about employees and we're speaking about the future of work, there's definitely this discussion of experience and making sure that 
the employees feel that they can have the experience that they want to have, but and whatever that is, it's still a best-in-class experience that meets all of the requirements of IT. And that leads us to this concept of flexibility. And one of the things that I found really interesting is you just released your latest line of flagship foldable devices. It's your third year now, so we're actually really seeing that the foldable category is ready. It's prime time now. And I think that's an important difference in what we're seeing in, in the mobile market. So as we look at more mainstream adoption of this amazing innovation of foldability, you know, we've always talked about it. We've seen videos of it in the past. How are foldables different than any other smartphone? I mean, are they different than any other smartphone or how do you envision them changing what businesses can do? So I think foldables give choice. You're absolutely spot on in what you're saying there. It gives choice to our consumers, gives choice to our prosumers, the end user choosing within companies, and gives choice to companies as well, deploying different user experiences. We're excited. We launched two different types of foldable. There's the fold and there's also the flip. So the flip is very much for the prosumer and for the end user that really wants to be on the go, a really different form factor, single-handed use, et cetera, but being able to quickly take photos with the camera in order to upload to social media when they're on the go, et cetera, which is super important for small business owners, et cetera. But it has that cool new form factor, but also is our traditional workforce with you know uh, integration with Microsoft, et cetera, so the traditional workhorse functionality of our flagship phones. Now, the Fold, I think the Fold really changes the game. And we're seeing some new use cases coming out for that because that's really for the super mobile person who wants to be able to turn their smartphone into a tablet, into a PC experience with the Bluetooth keyboard, et cetera, and then be able to go all the way back to have it just being a smartphone if they want to do that. But we're seeing different customers talking to us at the moment and looking to move into proof of concepts like some retail, some government, some banking customers, proof of concepts for hyper customer engagement where you want to be able to turn the smartphone into the larger display to have that customer intimacy. Now, it brings its challenges, and we have to um, help our customers work through the business case for it. But the business case has many different factors now. It has both customer satisfaction, employee engagement, and also revenue and profitability as well. So extra elements to the business case to think about it. But we are, Maribel, really excited about the launch of this. The top 100 business apps, 50 of them are already optimized for the new devices. So the app community are getting behind this and the app community are really sponsoring our drive to bring foldables to the enterprise, which is really positive. And we expect the next 50 to come really quickly. But just to just to say, if I can there, it's not a question about that they won't work on it. It's there, the app community are optimizing the user experience to make it optimal on the devices. I think that's so important. And actually, it's more applications than I thought you had. So that's actually great success. You're moving forward very quickly in that, particularly given that it's considered a new category. But, you know, as we look forward, when we talk about the way people will work, I think we start thinking, oh, it'll all go to one device and it'll all go to another device. And now what we're realizing is that different people have different needs. But if you look at something like a foldable category, it does afford you that opportunity to have the concept of two devices in one. 
So it can be a smartphone, but it can also act much more like a tablet. It can act much more like a PC, but sometimes you actually don't want the PC. You just want a little bit of the functionality of the PC in a larger form factor. And that's when I think of what companies are going to try to create for apps and services. That's where I think the Fold has a real win. And I see a lot of opportunity for people that are fairly mobile. And that doesn't mean that they're outside of a building. It can mean that they're in a building, but they want to have that ability to have a larger visual and open up into, you know, unfold, as you said, into a larger visual. And I think that there's going to be some really interesting use cases that we'll see come out of that. I know a lot of my clients have expressed interest in what do we think the art of the possible could be. So even just that we're having that dialogue says that we're thinking about evolving the computing landscape as we know it. I personally have spent a lot of time with either S Pen. I was personally really enamored with the S Pen. I like to write. And I think combining those two things is going to be really interesting for a lot of organizations that are looking at doing collaborative work, design work, editing, editing documents, editing schematics. So we're seeing a lot of interesting discussions and use cases. But as you're thinking about what's going on in mobility for the next year and ahead, you're out there speaking to a lot of organizations. What kind of advice are you giving them right now on how to think about mobility, how to think about the future of hybrid work? Well, I think it's going back to what we were saying just a few minutes ago. It's really thinking about a four-way scenario for this. So the advice that we're giving to our customers, really trying to educate them around productivity, giving their end users choice, making sure that they have security. We obviously have the suite of security solutions that we deploy with our devices, the, the Knox suite of security solutions, and then trust. So understanding whether you can trust the device to work in your environment, whether that's looking at the Fold device. Interestingly, in our tests, we folded it and unfolded it more than 200,000 times, which is just incredible. But they say that's five years of folding and unfolding for 200,000 times. Or if it's our rugged portfolio of devices, if you need devices that can work in a, uh, in a tougher environment. So it's thinking about that trust. But again, productivity, choice, security, and trust is what, uh, what we're saying to our customers is super important. I think those are great pillars and principles for organizations to work on. And I'm over here laughing, for those of you that can't hear the chuckle, basically because when I unboxed my fold, I must have folded and unfolded it like 15 times in a row just there because there's something about it that just makes you, you know, it's it's a bendy phone, right? <laughs> when you think of it, that's really cool. You know, I remember when we, we went back and we were talking about like the Dick Tracy smartwatch and that sort of came to be. And then we were talking about like foldable technologies and now we have foldable technologies. And honestly, there was a day where we had bag phones to move from bag phones to you building material that can be folded a bazillion times is just really cool innovation. And I really look forward to seeing what you guys develop next. So John, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I really hope to see many, many more innovations coming out of Samsung in the B2B area. Maribel, thank you so much. Great speaking to you again. <laughs>